Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Football Friday. Sponsored by Brian's Heating and Cooling. Brian's Heating and Cooling, where they take your comfort personally. Give them a call for all your commercial and residential comfort needs. 803-796-1788 or Cooling.com. Antoine Juschmoke breaks away at the 30, 20, going for the pylon at the 5, dives for it. Call it. Touchdown, Carolina. Football Friday on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. And welcome in. It is Football Friday here on The Game. Tyler had Colin Taylor along with you. Four in the bonus. We finally made it to the end of the week. Number one, Georgia on tap for tomorrow. 3.30 kickoff, which you can listen to right here on the game as South Carolina finally begins SEC play. And uh, in the same regard, a bit of an end of the era as this game will not be played annual anymore following this season. So, uh, you know, kind of... End of end of a tradition, I guess. Tyler, you you and I grew up in very similar time periods. I think you were born a year after I was. Uh, that is correct. Um, you and I cannot remember a time where South Carolina and 
Georgia didn't play in football. They have played literally every literally has not yeah. happened in our lifetime. Every single year that we've been alive, South Carolina has played Georgia in football. And you can almost set your clock to it outside of a few instances. It was always the first or, or second or third game of the year. There was a couple of years where it got moved to like October, October. November. Yeah. And it was like, this, this isn't is right. This is weird. I shouldn't be wearing a jacket yeah. when these two teams I are playing. I need to be sweating. I yeah. need to have a layer of back sweat to me when these two teams are playing. Well, there's a reason people in Athens always say, well, Columbia is the hottest place on earth. It's because... They're you used only to coming over here every other year in September. <laughs> you only go when the concrete makes eggs boil. Like exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, it feels weird. Like it'll feel weird. Oh. not talking about this next time. This time next year. And you know, I was thinking about it because obviously I had my first opportunity to go to Williams Bryce Stadium this past weekend. And even coming away from that, I was like, "Oh wow, Georgia will be here next year." And then I was nope. like, "Wow, no, they actually won't." No, and I don't think South Carolina fans. South Carolina fans want to play Georgia, but when you look at their 24 schedule and what's on it, I understand why they're probably they, they want to play them, but could you imagine a schedule that included Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and LSU on it? Can we just go ahead and give South Carolina toughest schedule for yeah, congratulations. 2024 as well? Congratulations. You got it again with a Clemson team that who knows what they're going to be next year. An Alabama team that's probably going to be out for blood. An Oklahoma team that shrugs. I don't know. Like, what they're going to be. Uh, I, I mean, I LSU's probably going to be still pretty be pretty good. Who knows what Ole Miss, Missouri, A&M, Vanderbilt. Who knows what they're going to be. But, um, again, congratulations. Toughest schedule. What, 40 years running, it feels uh, like? Yeah. Uh, sounds about right. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's tough. It's like, all right, well, we've taken the uh, number one team over the past two seasons off their schedule. Like, okay, well, that's right. that's all good. Right. Well, we've replaced it with a team that's won how many national championships in the past decade? Yeah, all of them besides well, three. Just about like, uh, yeah. a team that was just in the national championship game a couple of years ago. Yep. Played for the SEC championship game last year. A team that was has made what five college football playoff appearances, four college football playoff appearances mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, A and M, a team that hordes five-star talent but can't figure out how to finish better than five and seven for some reason yeah Ole Miss who is looking to go undefeated in their matchup against Alabama next week like yeah tough schedule we haven't talked enough about the hilarity that if Lane Kiffin beats oh my god Alabama Alabama would be what two and two yes before the end of September yes with losses to Steve Sarkis their last two of their last three offensive coordinators yeah one of which being Lane Kiffin. Yes. Um, Lane Kiffin has been plotting for the day that he can finally defeat Nick Saban. Uh, remember his popcorn comment two years ago? Yes. How could I forget? How many times do you think he practiced that in the mirror? Grab your so, popcorn. Grab your popcorn. No, say so you got to put more no, emphasis grab on Grab your popcorn. Grab, grab your it. popcorn. Grab, put the emphasis on the grab. Yeah. Grab your grab popcorn. Grab your popcorn. Okay, no. Like, He's at his Orange Theory fitness classes, and they're like, all right, ladies, what do you think here? Should I go grab your popcorn? Or grab, or grab your popcorn? What would, you, what would fire you up more to go and tweet about it? Like, <laughs> What can I say yeah. that if we lose is going to blow up in my face? Yeah. I want to give Nick Saban as much bulletin board material as I possibly can going into this game. Do you think Nick Saban, there's... I know he's not like going on Twitter, but some staffer, some his director of operations, you know, his assistant or whoever, 
They had to like bring that video to him and be like, "Oh yeah, hey Nick, here's what Lane said, and <laughs> show it." I'm now envisioning Nick Saban like scrolling Twitter. Do who do you think Nick Saban? If Nick Saban followed over under six and a half people, Nick Saban follows. If he had a Twitter account. If he had a Twitter account, but in a weird way, I feel like Taylor Swift would probably be one of them, and I yeah. don't know why. Like, it, like it, his daughter's probably like a Taylor yeah. Swift fan. No, He'd be just, like, mm-hmm. my daughter likes this Taylor Swift, and I'm, she seems like a nice girl. I'm in my reputation era. It's yeah, fine. exactly. Fine. Which apparently Taylor Swift now dating Travis Kelsey. That's that was a very non-committal committal answer from Jason yesterday. I, I did see that where he's like, well, I can't very comment. But it's kind of like, well, well, you could have said it wasn't happening. But he didn't. He didn't. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Our hats are on for this, so I apologize okay. to Jay Norvell. Do you think Kirby looks at Dion and there's a tinge of jealousy? In what way? He's like, man, every week someone actually does disrespect him. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like every it's week. like people are just giving him <laughs> ammunition where Kirby's, Kirby's like, like, all right, well, uh, this defensive lineman two months ago didn't include us in a list of hostile places when he was randomly asked the question. It's like, well, I guess we can yeah. run with that. Right, like Gator fan 4268777 says the Gators are going to beat Florida or beat Georgia this year and that, he's having to pull up. You, you know what? That's where the 7 and 5 thing came yeah. from because he was scrolling through like Gator message boards and it's like, well, we're going to Nap- beat- Napier's going to beat him this year. They're going 7 and 5. It's like, yeah. see? See, Gator, lo- Gator Lover 28-7. That is a media outlet. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, technically. It, yes. Technically see? speaking. Right. Uh, do you think Kirby looks at Dion in the Colorado program and is like, man, they got it so easy over there. You got coaches calling you out on radio shows. You got people. Now, the stuff against Nebraska was kind of manufactured, but like, you got people standing around your logo. You got media members saying you don't but, got a shot. Like, But at the same time, Kirby is so locked in. Yeah, and I feel like very closed off. Like, is he aware Dion's the coach at Colorado? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a real. If you put the other, I think it's, I think there's sixty nine Power Five teams. Nice, nice. Um, if you took the fourteen of the SEC out, how many do you think Kirby could name? Um, how many do you think? Well, I think Shane's pretty good about the media stuff. I think he understands. And he was in yeah. the Big 12. And, and, and look, Shane's very active on Twitter. Like, he, yes. he's not like, he doesn't put blinders on necessarily. Right. To and, the level that other coaches, like yeah, yeah. Kirby, Will Muschamp did when he was here. Kind of yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. So that's what, 54? Well, Kirby could there? definitely tell you that Dan Lanning's the coach at Oregon. Yep. Ryan Day's the coach at Ohio State. Yep. Sonny Dykes is the coach at TCU. I'm just going on with like coaches so, out of conference that he's yeah. played. Could he, if you were like, who's the Cal head coach? Oh, he couldn't tell you that. No. Could he, I think he could tell you Baylor, the Dave Aranda. He, I think he coached against Dave Aranda. Yeah. When Dave Aranda was at LSU. Yeah. Um, probably tell you that. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Like if out you, of, out of the other 55 power five head coaches, how many could you name? Uh, he's aware that Brent Key is at Georgia Tech. Yep. Though I'm sure he misses Jeff Collins being there because that was an easy, easy win every year. There, I feel coaching coaching hires are such a crapshoot sometimes, and it depends a lot more on it, it, some of it depends on the coaching acumen, but there's so many other factors that go into it. Mm. I thought Jeff Collins was gonna be good at Georgia Tech. He's too much of a goober, and he just wasn't, and that's on me. Like what everyone thought Scott Frost was gonna like. 
restore Nebraska to respectability, and yeah. you just didn't. And yeah. some guys just aren't cut out for Power Five jobs. Like everyone, like it's such a crapshoot. And yes, coaching comes into it, but there's so much more to it than just calling ball plays. There's organization oh. management. There's let me ask you this: Did you think well, Muschamp's could be a good head coach here? I have a hot take. All right, on Will Muschamp. Okay. That I think he doesn't get enough credit for what he did early in his tenure from an infrastructure standpoint. Okay. Expand. Did he manage the program uber well? No. Especially late stage. And there was never a, a competent enough offense that I don't think they ever really maximized their talent offensively to the Gosh, level how, that they needed how, to. How many quarterbacks did he cycle through Correct. in his time here? A lot. Um, but... He helped. He helped install the video department, the mm-hmm. creative media. Well, you gotta watch film. Um, <laughs> he really beefed up the recruiting department, the player personnel side of it. Because Spurrier just he didn't do that. Like right. that was yeah, that I mean, wasn't his mo. So he he, he really beefed up the recruiting side of it. He made it into an SEC operation, a modern SEC yeah. operation, and. There was the Sabinization of it, and I think that to a degree there's some positives and negatives to all of that, but you, he recruited somewhat well yeah. for the most part. I mean, a lot of the success that, yes, Spencer Rattler and some of the portal guys and some of the freshmen that they've had help, but you know, some of your best players, Cam Smith, Darius Rush, um, that offensive line last year that wasn't great but was serviceable, and you're seeing how impactful they were now. Must champ guys. For yeah. the most part. Um, you know, a lot of those key contributors at different spots, Tonka Hemingway, Boogie mm-hmm. Huntley, um, he recruited well. And I just, do I think that he was going to work long-term? No, but I think he was, I don't know if he's going to get enough credit for just the, the infrastructure side of it that he did. That well, Beamer has taken and run with, but has it was the foundation was laid by, by Will. Will Muschamp is good at several things. Yes. He's just not great at handling... A lot of things and right. presiding over an entire program and you know trying to focus on the defense while also presiding over an entire program not easy thing to do no and he, that's what people you know people get like oh well he, people are quick to say that will muschamp is not a good defensive mind he is i think he's a really smart defense when player. you're trying to be a great defensive mind and also run an entire program that didn't work out so well it didn't work out so well at florida it didn't work out so well here but like when he can just solely focus on defense and watching film, he's good. Yeah, and you look at some of the staffs that he had, you know, he goes, T-Rob's now at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Coleman Hustler, I believe, at Texas. He was their linebackers and special teams guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Wolford had a stint at Alabama. I think he might still be there. You had some Power 5 guys, some some blue blood guys going to those programs, and, and McClendon now obviously at, Georgia right. with Will and Bobo at Georgia with Will. Joe Cox at Alabama. Um, you had talented staffs. It just it never worked on the field to the level that South Carolina wanted it to. And right. part of that was just some of the program management. But I mean, from an infrastructure standpoint, I think he he made up a lot of ground quickly, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't sustainable when you grow mm-hmm. that quick. It just wasn't sustainable in the long run. And you saw that, and and I'll give Beamer credit for building on that infrastructure and stabilizing things a little bit. Right. Coming up tomorrow, it is the Gamecocks and the Bulldogs as uh, South Carolina tries to take down Georgia once again 
in Athens as they did back in 2019. We're going to take a look at this game, set some overs and unders for some particulars of this contest, and see uh, see how right we are after tomorrow's game. You are listening to In the Bonus. He is Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head on a Football Friday here on the game. Sponsored by Brian's Heating and Cooling. On your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. Happy right, Todd. Happy right, Todd. He's playing great. Uh, we uh, He's certainly confident. We've kept him confident. Now we've got to do a great job of playing well around him, the offensive line, the tight ends, the running backs, the receivers, and, and continuing to help him. And along those lines, too, if a quarterback is playing that well, it's because the people around him are in the right places and they're doing a lot of the right things as well. So I'm excited to see Spencer continue to uh, improve as the year goes on, and I'm excited to continue to see the guys around Spencer improve as the year goes on. But you're right. He gives us a chance, as I've told the team and told the media, he gives us a chance to win uh, win every game we play. Welcome back into In the Bonus. He is Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head on a football Friday. That was the voice of Coach Beamer last night on Carolina Calls. Talking about Spencer Rattler, who's obviously played very, very well through these first two games of the season, winning SEC Offensive, of the play, offensive Player of the Week last week, and rightfully so. And he's obviously going to be very important if South Carolina is going to be able to pull off this upset tomorrow against the number one Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Colin, uh, we have some overs and unders that we've set for each other okay. in terms of this yeah. game tomorrow. You want to kind of go rapid fire here back and forth, and you ha- you give one, I'll give one? I'll let you go first, and you give all of yours. How many, okay. have you, how many do you have? How many do you have? Because I have quite a few. Okay, well, let's stick with three. Let's stick with three? All and right. then we can actually like expound on it a little uh, bit. Okay, and there's a good chance we may have a couple of the same. Similar so ones, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll go accordingly. Okay. All right, first one. Of course, South Carolina surrendered nine sacks to North Carolina in week number one. Sacks allowed tomorrow. If I set the line at four and a half, you going over or under? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over four and a half. Okay. Yeah. Because this... I just well, because I think Spencer's gonna have to like run. Do yeah. I think it'll be like four, you know, five sacks for eighty yards? No, but like I think he's gonna be trying to scramble and push the ball downfield, and he might just be tackled for like a one yard loss, and that goes for a sack. And I think it goes without saying this Georgia defensive front is a lot more talented and a lot better than the one you're facing in North Carolina. And when you look at Georgia's Stats this season, only one sack. Michael Williams got one the other week. But, look, Georgia wasn't putting too much pressure on UT Martin and Ball State because they didn't need to. But I can guarantee you they're going to be bringing it tomorrow against South Carolina. I agree. I think they're going to try to dial up as much pressure as possible. And if South Carolina hits explosive play after explosive play, you just tip your hat. All right. Uh, Number of pass attempts. Carson oh, Beck. Ooh, okay. Because I was going past attempts for Rattler. That's one of my over-unders. Okay. What do you have? I have the line at 20 for Carson Beck. Oh, under. Go under? Yeah. Okay. I think George is going to run it down their throat. Yeah, I think they're going to try to uh, hashtag establish the run. That's what I think they're going to do. Okay. Um, We'll stick with passing for Spencer Rattler. Total passing yards. 275. Over. 
go over? Yeah, I think that's an over. I think that's fair. All right, so you've hit the over on sacks allowed at four and a half, the under on Carson Beck pass attempts at 20, and the over on Rattler's passing yardage of 275. Yes, I think that's... I think that's a great. Would you agree with some of those, or would you? Which ones would you change? Uh, I would agree with that. I think, I think there's a chance Beck could get to 20 passing attempts. Just and and when you go back and look at the way Georgia's played these first two games, actually kind of similar to South Carolina, they've gone with a lot of short stuff, a lot of yeah, like they have an horizontal screens, dump off passes, that kind of stuff. Now, was that just okay? We're playing you know, UT Martin and Ball State, and we had the athleticism because Georgia's gotten a lot of yards after the catch yeah. these first couple of games, which does kind of inflate Beck's stats a little bit. So is that going to be the same game plan going into tomorrow? I don't exactly know, but that is something they've done very similarly. And look, Georgia's going to be able to run the ball just fine. Yeah. So yeah. that's definitely going to be the bulk of their offense. But I think he could get in the neighborhood of 20 attempts. I agree. I, I think it'll be close. I think that one's the closest okay. of them. Are you ready for mine? Yes. Spencer Rattler pass attempts. Okay. Over under 42 and a half. You're not going to be able to run the ball very well. Terry I think not, you're going to see a lot of run replacements, a lot of screens, a lot of yeah, quick stuff it, as, as runs. And Terry and I were talking about this a few minutes ago. Like, I think within the scripted plays, you're going to have some standard design, like between the tackles runs and just to probably pretty quickly figure out yep. that's probably not going to work too well. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's going to be a lot of what we've seen in these first two games. Like, all right, we're going to get you out in the flat. Air raid, baby. And we're going to supplement runs for these kind of short throws. Yep. Um, 42 and a half. I'm going to go over. Over under 29 and a half total rushing yards for South Carolina. 29 and a half total rushing yards. Sack I'll, adjusted. So don't so, take into account sacks. That's the tough part. Right. Which, which, I hate that rule. I hate it, that rule. Elijah and I were talking about this yesterday. Like, I actually kind of like it because those technically are rushing yards. You oh. are getting hit behind the line of I scrimmage, it, so that's a loss. Yeah, I, I think there should be a separate category, sacks and yards lost for sacks. Okay, and that's fair. Yeah. Um, I think I'm under. I, I would probably agree. And I think it's because South Carolina's going to struggle to run the ball. Yeah. But I also think they're just going to throw the rock around. And, and look, dude. Rattler's going to get sacked. Like he's going to get yeah. knocked down several times here. Yes. It's, and I did the math yesterday. 76% of South Carolina's rushing yards this season have come after contact. Yeah. Well, we had that stat in the first game. For, carry on, had carry 23 on, yards, 23 and 20, yards and 24 after contact. Like, 76%, according yeah. to PFF, 76% of South Carolina's yards have come after contact. Man. All right. This one's a little bit more interesting. Okay. Over under 35 and a half snaps for individually for DQ Smith at nickel, Babalade at left tackle, and Ball at right guard. Okay, so each one. Each one having 30 at 35 or 36 snaps. 35 or 36 snaps. So DQ and nickel. That's about half of a regular yeah, game. Roughly. And then the two freshmen on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Okay. DQ and, um, let's go DQ at nickel first. All right. 35 and a half. I'll go over I agree. on that. I agree. Um, man. I don't think the starting offensive line is going to be different. Correct. But I think they're quickly going to be shifting things around. See, that one's tough. Yeah, that yeah. one is tough. 
Um, I know I, what I would do. I think like tree maybe over and ball maybe under. Okay. If I can, that's, if I can do that. Yeah, that's fair. I think okay. I think both of those things are fair. I might lean under for both just because I think they might get twenty to twenty five snaps. Okay, but not. 35 yeah. if that makes sense that's fair um but i agree with you on the over on pass attempts the under on rushing yards and over on smith and over on maybe babalade yeah but yeah that's because left tackle has been the weakest part weakest of the offensive line of the, so i think they would be quicker to be like hey yeah let's do this right and both tackles and jakai moore i mean we've talked about it it feels like six ways to sunday <laughs> but like we've talked about them not being able to be that and Ja'Kai Moore gives you kind of a maybe not a high 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 ceiling but mm-hmm. you kind of know what you're going to get at tackle with him if that yeah, makes sense d- and again look Case and Henry doesn't get hurt in the first game then he's, that changes the combinations of everything doesn't it, it, it does it was really the trickle down effect and uh, I mean we haven't gotten much of an injury update on him since then we just right. know it's going to be a while um but yeah that just kind of threw everything out of whack and yeah yeah now now here we are Correct. It's tough spot to be in. Absolutely. Uh, good over-unders there. This will uh, be interesting to see how all this uh, shakes out tomorrow. Uh, a lot of other games going on around college football this upcoming weekend. We'll dive into some of the uh, picks that we made for Gamecock Central and uh, where we think some of these games are going to shake out. That's coming up. You're listening to In the Bonus. He's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head here on The Game. Welcome back in. In the bonus, Colin Taylor, Tyler Head with you on a football Friday. Full slate of college football and NFL football coming your way this weekend. Got, things got started last night. You had the Eagles defeating the Vikings in a Thursday night football matchup. The first one, the first, I guess the first real Thursday night football game because it's on Amazon Prime. And thankfully for the sake of Al Michaels and uh, Kirk Herbstreet, it was not a stinker like most of those games last year were. I always feel really bad for the Thursday night cruise for like NFL games because players like it's just so hard it gets worse as the season goes along yeah because like you think about it for most teams that's a second game you're playing within 100 hours of the one you played on Sunday and the physical toll of all of it just, yeah ooh, ooh, and, and look we're, we're in the second week of the season everybody's feeling good feeling fresh for the most part like you got a pretty good game week but, 11 ooh. yeah once you get into like october and like late into the season that's when those games get really sloppy and really ugly but hey you know jeff bezos paid 600 billion dollars to broadcast these games so yeah. they're gonna happen whether we like them or not pretty uh, much also i don't know if you caught any of this memphis and navy last night was, I got to watch a car wreck, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. Navy had the op- opportunity to get a win there, uh, fourth and fourth and six, I think, Yeah, uh, there in the Worst last couple seconds. Worst spot I've ever seen on the planet, by yeah. the way. They were was, like, first down, and then everyone was like, hold on, wait, what? Yeah, uh, Navy coming up a little bit short there, but but definitely pushing to the limit. That, <laughs> that game reinforces... Just because a game is close does not mean it is good. No, it was, it was very messy. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're still not completely into the thick of conference play. You obviously have a couple of SEC teams, South Carolina and Georgia, uh, LSU, Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Florida starting conference play this weekend, but we don't get the real full slate of conference games till next weekend. This is also the last weekend that most Big Ten teams are playing their last non-conference game. Yep. Same with the Big 12. I was thinking about this yesterday. I really wish they would embrace like what basketball does 
where you just have a designated weekend like, hey, SEC versus Big 12 or SEC versus ACC, as many teams as we can match up as we can, that's what we're doing this weekend. I feel like that would help these first couple of weeks of the season because we have so many of these just like, it's an FCS team, it's a group of five team, and like, I've been waiting to watch like Ohio State, and I know they played Indiana in week number one, yeah. like, play somebody good. Penn State, Notre yeah. Dame next week. Like, yeah, like, let's get some good, good yeah. matchups here. I agree, and this is why we need a college football czar, commissioner, <laughs> whatever. Wouldn't it be so much fun to have, like, the American versus the SEC challenge? I think that could be interesting. Where, like, and you match it up based on, like, if you won the, like... Yeah, yeah like, it's a tier type yeah, of thing. Like, so, like, yeah, like... Number ones play each other, number two, number three, number four, number... Like, exactly, if you won the like league last fair year... Matchup. Yeah, like, so South Carolina would get, um, if you're in the American, maybe... I, I'm looking at the American standings right now, but, like, you would get a, a Houston, or you would get a Marshall, or you sure. would get... Um, yeah, like Van- Vanderbilt would play like Navy, right. which like that is actually in- interesting to me. Like I would tune into that, right? Like as I'm like, or like an ACC Sun Belt. Like, could you imagine Coastal at Clemson? Yeah, I think that'd or be cool. Coastal at Virginia Tech sure. or James Madison. Like James Madison did it with Virginia, but like, well, um, <laughs> unfortunately, we have to schedule these games 27 years ahead of time, right. so. It's impossible. But um that would be so much cooler than it's a it's kind of formulaic now. Yes. Where it's okay, well, you know, we have all these things and week one's either there's like two or three really good games on week one and then everything else is slop. And then week two, everyone's playing great games because you've had your preseason game essentially your tune-up mm-hmm. and if you play a great game in week one you don't play a great game in week two yeah it's very and, inconsistent yeah and then week three is always kind of the doldrum before you get into conference play starting in week four and and all that so yes more great games because i'm no disrespect to these teams but if i have to pick a tcu houston game again that we picked this week i'm gonna be really, really now that upset. is a conference game but still like i'm having to pick washington at michigan state like yeah. that doesn't excite me now 10 years ago when that game was scheduled awesome certainly seemed yeah. like an intriguing matchup like, but yeah. yeah now all these years later it's like well washington's good but michigan state's not right and like michigan state's kind of going through it and yeah there's a few other things going on out there right. don't don't it, google it um it, so speaking of picks <laughs> and and i i guess we got to give proper credit to our friend kendall smith who is currently leading our standings with 13 wins and five losses through the first two weeks. You and I are tied at 10. We are. We're, we're, we're doing solid. We're not too far back. There's uh, a core group of, like, Terry Ford, uh, Griffin, you, Jay, me, all in that 10-win range. Well, so I was slightly under 500 in week number one going four and five. I bounced back really well last week going six and three. I agree. So, I agree. I think I've been, like, five and four, like, both weeks. Well, yeah. you were the only one that picked Duke over Clemson. Like, you, you really, that helped you out a lot. Yes. You and I are also the only ones. There are two games on our schedule <laughs> that got, I think you're looking at the spreadsheet, too. Yes. That got unanimous votes. Yes. Um, so let's quickly run through the, some of these games going on this weekend. Uh, the, old, the old backyard brawl. I love it. Pittsburgh and West Virginia. Now, three weeks ago, I would have been like, blowout. Now I'm like, I don't know if Pitt's all that good. (laughs) 
West Virginia is better than I thought they were going to be. Competent West Virginia. When you have they, an offensive line. They are they are they are okay. Yes. Like <laughs> they are yes. They're they're a team. <laughs> yep, that's they what are they football. Are. <laughs> it is football. Now the the unfortunate part about the fact that these two teams don't play each other every single year anymore. Mm-hmm. The rivalry loses a little bit of its teeth. Yeah. Like and everybody thinks back to like oh seven. And, like, that was peak backyard brawl. West Virginia was destined to go to the one national championship away. game, one and all away. they had to do was beat Pitt, and they couldn't. It was, like, what, 7-3 to three or something stupid It was a like weird that. game. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was the Pat White era, right? Yeah, that was Pat White, like, Steve Slayton. That's when West Virginia was scoring 80 points a game. Oh, they were so much fun. Like, as the son of a massive Virginia Tech fan, uh-huh. like, that game not getting played. West Virginia and Virginia Tech not getting played. Um Conference realignment sucks, man. It does. And and that's the unfortunate part about this is these two teams, they were in the Big East. They played each other they every hated year. each other. Like, hated each other. And now, like, most of these guys on the team, like, they don't get it. They it's didn't like, grow up with it. Like, like, yeah, I get, like, the we're close to them, but we, we hate them. It's like, no, 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 watch this game from 15 years ago and, like, talk feel to any, the energy. Talk to any West Virginia fan, any Pitt fan. They are going to be like, I hate that program. Yeah. And the fact that they don't play this – it's it's frustrating. It's unfortunate. Um, um, yeah. That being said, which way did you go with this one? I went West Virginia on this one. I also went West Virginia, which, just, again, three weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have said that. It's in Morgantown. I don't think Pitt's a good offensive football team. They Their quarterback completed 10 passes last week on 32 attempts. Uh, not great. You're not going to be treated to the most entertaining game of the day, but it, it'll be interesting. It is football. Uh, North Carolina, what an interesting schedule they've played through the first couple of weeks. Yes. South Carolina, App App. State, and now hosting Minnesota. Yeah. Mac Brown's coming up like, all right, NC State, your turn. <laughs> you get to go play App now. Um, I don't know if Minnesota's good. I think they were, like, we saw it last year where I was like, I don't know if they're, like, really good, but they're off to a good start. Who right. knows? Um, I picked North Carolina in this one. That's fair. Only uh, one person yeah, picked Minnesota, I, and that's I, Terry Ford. I, I also went with North Carolina in this one. Uh, team that we've actually talked quite a bit about here recently, James Madison. The Stallions. Going on the road to Troy. Yes, the Stallions of James Madison taking on the Troy Trojans. Uh, imagine we probably had the same pick on this one as well. No. No. I went you Troy. Had, you went Troy. Okay. I, at James home, Madison. Troy's defense. Yeah, I think if Troy can – Stop James Madison, I think they're going to win this football game. I okay. think John Summerall is a future hey, SEC head coach. You stop the other team, you win the game. <laughs> I'm not a football scientist, but I think I know what I'm that, doing. That's a here. John Le- yeah. Madden level of yeah. analysis right there. If they can slow James Madison, James Madison has a really good offense, and their defense is, I don't know. So okay. we'll see. Uh, we'll split this up into, into two segments here. One more pick real quick here, but uh, Fresno State and Arizona State. Now, Fresno is better than people think they are. Fresno's good. Like, they're a well-coached football team. It's at Arizona State, which gave me some pause. But I went with the the Bulldogs of the Valley. I also went with the Bulldogs. There you go. So we've agreed on, what, three of the first four? We have we have very similar picks this week. I'm we going to go on record and say that we have I, very, very similar picks. To a degree, I feel like we're the same person sometimes. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm sorry for you. Good for me. Bad for you. It's okay. We'll hit the other half of these picks and give our predictions for the final score of Georgia and South Carolina coming up tomorrow. As in the bonus rolls on, he's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head. You're on Football Friday on the game.
Football Friday. Sponsored by Brian's Heating and Cooling. On your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. Welcome back in Football Friday. Tyler and Colin with you in the bonus Continue to look around the nation and make our picks for this weekend. We'll get you to our score predictions for Georgia and South Carolina. To wrap up today's edition of In the Bonus, we'll continue with our picks. This is a game that we mentioned a moment ago. I don't think there's much of a surprise here with Washington going on the road to Michigan State. Again, 10 years ago, this game on paper would have looked great. That would have been the, uh, what, Kirk Cousins last year was 2012? Right, like. Michigan State was just removed from the playoff. Would, would like, Jake Locker have still been it? No, Locker was. Uh, I thought he was like mid two thousands. Yeah, I think did you drafted in twenty eleven with Cam Newton? Right. I yeah. think that's right. But like five years ago, it was like Washington's just coming off a playoff appearance. Yeah. Michigan State's been a well. Both these teams. So like, Washington St- or Michigan State made the playoff in fifteen. Yeah. Washington made it in sixteen. Right. Like these two teams were, they yeah. were up there. I, Washington State still doing or Washington still doing well. Hot take. Okay. Well, I have driven past Washington's stadium okay. in Seattle. Yeah. Might be one of the best stadiums I've never been to. Like that I'm really? so eager to get to. It's like right on the river. It's big. It's it looks so cool. Husky Stadium. Yeah. It's nice. like right on the river. I picked Washington in this one. I have Washington going into the college football playoffs. I do so too. I'm if gonna... I had to if I had to pick a playoff four right now, Washington would be in it. Yeah. Michael Penix. Kalen DeBoer, really good coach. Yeah. A really good coach. I'm very high on Washington this year, so yeah, I think they take care of Sparty pretty easy. He, oddly enough, Kalen DeBoer was like one of the names rumored to come to South Carolina as an OC. Really? After his one year at Indiana, I believe that was the name that was linked to it. Okay. And then he held out, got the Fresno State job, and is now at Washington. So like... Worked out well for him. Yeah. Kind of one of those things where you can't fault the dude for... I think he like didn't get the... Yeah, he like chose to wait and then got the Fresno State job. That yeah. same cycle. Uh, LSU going on the road to Mississippi State. Both teams starting conference play. Of course, LSU got beat down in that second half against Florida State. Mississippi State had a very unique game last weekend against Arizona, uh, able to hold off the Wildcats in overtime. I didn't really know what to think about Mississippi State coming into this season. I I still think they're trying to figure it out. They're not throwing the ball a lot, uh-huh. which is kind of odd to me, given that their personnel would lean toward, hey, you should probably run the ball a little bit more. Right. Um, I don't think it's a positive sign when you need, when you're plus four in the turnover margin and you still need overtime to beat a team. Yeah. I don't think that's great. So right. I picked LSU. I think I, th- I think this game is close. I think it's close, but I think LSU's talent wins out at the end of the day. We did have two Mississippi State picks, and I will tease that so you read our... Yeah, staff predictions. I'm not going to give everything away here. <laughs> no. Uh, then uh, out to the Big 12. This is a conference game now. Weird. TCU and Houston. We're, we're the only two, we're the baby. the only two that went with Houston. We're the only two, baby. Hey, I don't know why, but gut just says Houston here. I don't know. I just don't think TCU is very good, and I think Houston, it's at Houston. It's their first Big 12 game. Like, I think there's something to that. Fighting Dana Holgersons. I saw Dana in an airport once. Really? Yeah. Wait, Coming back his, from his hair all. It, yeah. Everything you think of what Dana Holgerson would look like in an airport. Yep. 
<laughs> everything of what you think Dana Holgerson would look like at an airport. Yes. That's fantastic. Last one, as far as these picks go, we have Eastern Carolina and App State. App State narrowly once again missing out on being North Carolina in another wild game a week ago. App. Yeah. App. I think it's close. I think it's closer than it needs to, but... ECU's not... App being at home, good. though, like, I just think... Hey, Mike Houston could dial some stuff up. I think ECU's on more stable footing than it has been. But, man, like, App's just, I think they're back to being, I don't know if they're, like, App, App, and I've seen App, App. Right. Um, But I think App State is closer to being what it's been for the first time in a very long time. That's fair. So a lot of similar picks between you and I. But, yeah, yes. go, go to GamecockCentral.com to read the rest 11 of those 30. picks. At 11.30. 11 so 11 an hour and a half from now. Yep. Finally, our picks for tomorrow, South Carolina going on the road. Take on the number one Georgia Bulldogs this game, 48-7 a year ago. Georgia ran away with it pretty quickly. What does Colin Taylor think this final score is going to look like, and how do we get there? I think Georgia jumps out to a big lead in this one. I don't think South Carolina is going to be able to stop the run. I don't know if they're going to have enough protection for Spencer Rattler to move the ball and keep the ball out of Georgia's hands. I see Georgia winning, and I think they get a late cover. I have it at 41-13. Ooh, we are. I, I When I saw your close. score, I was like, ooh. I saw, like, Tyler and I were on the same train here. Uh, Georgia's gotten off to slow starts in the first two weeks, again, yes. against UT Martin and Ball State. I think they will come out faster. I don't know if this game's going to be like over at halftime no. kind of thing. I do think that South Carolina can will probably feel decent about where they stand at halftime. Maybe it's kind of like a 27-10-ish type of thing. I was going like, to like 21-10. Yeah, still like reasonably right. I don't but it close, never. But, but it never, I don't yeah. know if it's going to feel like 21-10, if that makes sense. The second half, I think, as we talked yeah. about earlier, George is just going to run the ball, eat the clock, and... I think they're going to wear South Carolina down the second half. I'm going to go 45-13. Yeah. Now, we say that, but can I see South Carolina covering? Yeah. Sure, absolutely. If you create some explosive plays, if you turn back over, if you change things up. But I think we're going to know fairly quickly. And you know what, Shane? If you're listening, prove us wrong. Yeah. And please. I picked Tennessee and Clemson last year. I did look up a stat last night. Only one time. Has South Carolina been trailing by multiple scores at halftime of a road game under mm-hmm. Shane Beamer and come back to win? That was Clemson last year. They were okay. down nine. Um, South Carolina has been trailing by multiple scores a couple times and, again, only come back once. And I could see this being, you know, 21 to 10, 27 to 13 at half. And yep. um, Georgia just, at some point, Georgia's the more talented team. And, and that's what I think you're going to see. See what happens. That'll do it for today's edition of In the Bonus. And, uh, Colin, we'll see how right we are come Monday morning. I'm always right. All right, Extra Point is coming up next. Uh, I'm here I'm here until 3. We're doing the halftime show as well today. So, uh, Colin, enjoy your football uh, weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Absolutely. All right, Extra Point coming up next here on The Game. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. 
That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.